0: Okay, so this week's Torah portion is Parashat Shoftim. And in this week's portion, it speaks about witnesses. And that's how that's, um, that's going to be the theme of this teaching. Okay. In parsha Shoftim, we learn about giving testimony. Two witnesses are necessary. Two types of witnesses there can be. One clerk and the other creates a new reality. Okay, so first of all the first rule is is that there has to be two witnesses. One witness is not enough according to Torah law and within witnesses there are two types. The first type of witnesses come to a court case to verify that a loan took place but the loan is not dependent on if there were witnesses to see. The borrower is still obligated to return the money. Okay, so the first case witnesses, um, the witnesses come and they're there to verify and to clarify um, something that happened, something that they saw. um, But whether or not there were witnesses, if a person uh, lends money to somebody else, then the person who borrowed the money is obligated to return the money, whether they're witnesses or not. So the witnesses, they are just coming to clarify what they saw. The second type of witnesses are key at a marriage ceremony. Their testimony is an integral part. Without them, the marriage can't start. So now there's a second type of witnesses. Now these type of witnesses you'll find by a wedding or for a divorce and this is witnesses that have a, a very, very important role. As a matter of fact, if you don't have witnesses for a marriage or for a divorce, then it is not valid. It's like it never happened. That's how important, that's how important these kind of witnesses are. Okay. Um, Examination and interrogation is difference number two. The judge must ensure that the clarifying witnesses' words are true. Once the questioning is done, witnesses, they actually become. Okay, so another difference between there's clarifying witnesses, that they clarify, they verify something that happened, or there's something called um, establishing witnesses, Witnesses that create something new, like witnesses for a marriage. So the first type of witnesses, the ones that you would find in a courtroom, they their testimony only holds true after they're cross-examined, and and then once the judge can verify that they're telling the truth, only then are is, does their does their testimony um, actually actually count. But when it comes um, but the witnesses that established something new became witnesses as soon as the marriage they did view. The witnessing is what finalizes the marriage act. Immediately after his words, the Hassan cannot retract. So when it comes to a marriage, at what point do the witnesses become witnesses? At what point, excuse me, sure. I Dorit is waiting to come in. Okay, thank you so much for letting me know. You're welcome, sorry to disturb you. No problem. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to a wedding, The witnesses are counted as witnesses immediately, and they're never cross-examined. They're never cross-examined later on. The Torah considers them to be witnesses the second that they witnessed the wedding. There's no cross-examination by any judge at any later point in time. Their testimony is immediate, and so much so, so much so that if, let's say. Um, the groom, right after, he, he, right, after he, he, right after the marriage, immediately after the marriage, if he decides that he wants to take it back, if he regrets it for some reason, and he decides, no, 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 I made a mistake, I don't want to do this, it's too late. The second, the, the, the witnesses viewed the marriage, at this point, the groom cannot take back Cannot take back what the what the fact that he said that the woman is um, uh, reat that she is sanctified to him. He cannot take back his words because the second that the witnesses observe the marriage, that is the second that the marriage actually took place, which is different, which is different than many other cases. Let's see. In other cases, a person does have the opportunity to retract his words immediately. For example. A person can knock at a neighbor's door to ask for a cup of flour and the neighbor can say, sure. But suddenly the neighbor can remember that she needs the flour. To take back her words right away, she has the power. Because witnesses that see this transpire don't create anything. Alone, the neighbor's words are standing. Okay, so basically to summarize, we have two types of witnesses. One type of witnesses, they establish something new and they are used uh, at a marriage ceremony. And they are very, very important. Without them, the marriage didn't happen. And as soon as as they see the marriage, the marriage takes effect. The groom cannot take back his words. It's a very serious thing. And these witnesses actually accomplished something. They, They created something versus another type of witnesses, witnesses that verify, that clarify, They don't they don't create anything new. They're just clarifying something that happened. for their testimony, they need to be cross-examined. And sometimes they will be asked to, to give testimony. sometimes they won't be asked to give testimony if, if, if it's not necessary. So So um, their testimony usually plays out after the fact could be a few weeks later. It could be a few months later. It could be a few years later. Sometimes they are called to testify. Sometimes they're not called to testify. They have to be cross-examined. So their testimony is not automatic like the witnesses of a marriage. And we, and we also said this point that usually if a person gives their word, yes, you could have a cup of flour. And in middle, just as soon as they finished uttering the, that sentence, they immediately remember that they really need the flower or need whatever it is the car for themselves, and they can't lend it. And then immediately, immediately after, they can take back their words and say, "Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I I forgot whatever it is." But with a marriage, that is not the case, and of course, the reason is is because we are sure that when a person chooses to get married or to get divorced, they actually thought about it. Um, for more than three seconds and therefore it's so much more serious and the fact that the witnesses saw it, that basically finalizes it the second that it happens. So the witnesses are an integral part of the marriage. Without it, the marriage did not happen. Okay, so this is just um, um, different laws and different um, things that we learn about different types of witnesses. Now we're going to take it a, a, a couple of layers deeper. We're gonna peel away the layers of the onion and we're going to learn um, what this has to do, how this relates to us and to our service of Hashem. Okay, we're holding the second column, first page, second column. All matters of Torah that are revealed are found in deeper layers that are concealed. With Hashem, Yidin have a special bond. To witnesses that establish something new, we correspond. Testimony, heaven and earth also shear. To witnesses that verify, they compare. Okay. So we said that there are two types of witnesses. That's in, 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 the, um, that's in the Torah. And then from God's perspective, Hashem has two types of witnesses to testify to the whole world about his oneness. And the two witnesses are, number one, heaven and earth, and number two, the Jewish people. Now, which type is which? Heaven and earth, they are witnesses that testify to clarify and to verify. But the Jewish people, we are the types of witnesses that establish something new like by a marriage. The author explains that testimony only does apply to something that is concealed from every eye. If something isn't revealed presently, but will be revealed eventually, testimony isn't necessary. It is only for something that is concealed completely. So we only need testimony, we only need witnesses for something that is completely hidden. We don't need testimony to say that the, that the, that the sky is blue or that the sun is shining or that it's day right now. Um, we need testimony for things that are hidden that we would not, that, that are hidden from, completely from us. That's what we need testimony for. Yeah. We don't need witnesses to prove that Hashem is Mimala ko almi. It makes sense according to reason that the world Hashem does enliven. This faith is even felt by the pious of every nation. Okay. So, when it comes to Hashem, there are three basic levels. The first level is something called which means that God fills the the world. Just like a, a soul fills a body, God fills a world. Take a a cup, take a, 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 a cup and you fill it and you fill it up, fill it up with water, that is the level of kol almin, That if, if the cup over here represents the world, and then God fills the world. That's the lowest level. And that is a level that we could all comprehend. You just look outside, or even if you don't look outside, just think about you, how your body works and how every part of your body functions so in such an amazing way or you could just look out the window and you see the sun shining, you could see the clouds in the sky, you could see the grass, you see the trees. And just thinking about that, you automatically know that there has to be a creator. There's no choice about it. That's very, we don't need witnesses to testify for that because that's very evident to any person that uses their logic would understand that there has to be a creator. Then the next level, for a of ko'onin, testimony we don't need to find. We understand that this level can't be grasped by the mind. Every person can come to the recognition that the main aspect of godliness is beyond our comprehension. So now there's a higher level. If before we said God is filling up the world, imagine God surrounding the world. Imagine God surrounding the entire world. So even though it's above our logic, Every human being can understand that he doesn't understand everything. We all understand the main part of God, you know, the main part of godliness is above our comprehension. And that may, and, and and that makes sense to us, and that, that we don't understand everything, that we're just limited human beings. So we could comprehend that in our logic that we don't understand everything, and that Hashem is surrounding the worlds in addition to filling the worlds. Um, so that is the second level. Third level, for Hashem's essence, testimony is necessary because it is something which is concealed completely. The clarifying witnesses are earth and heaven. They reveal the power of the infinite which exists within creation. So when we're talking about God's essence, that is something way above logical comprehension. And for that, we need testimony and who is going to testify that there's a God who is infinite, who has no beginning and no end, who recreates the world at every single second, and, and everything that's in this world, everything in heaven, everything on earth is created by Hashem. Who's going to testify to that? That is going to be heaven and earth. They have been here from the beginning. They've seen it all, and that is, and, and, and the fact that we, we can't see God's essence, so we need we need the heaven and earth to testify, um, and and this is, and they um, through the heavens and the earth, they are Hashem's witnesses that he is the that 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 um, he's the creator, and they testify about Hashem's essence. They are witnesses that are fine because they are here since the beginning of time. Everything that exists in the sky and on the ground can only exist in this world because Hashem's essence is found. Okay, now we're on to page two. There are also witnesses that have the power to draw down Hashem's essence every minute of every hour. Since Yidin are rooted in the essence of Hashem, through Torah and mitzvahs, the power was given to them. So now there's a second type of witnesses, and that is the Jewish people. And because we have a soul, and what is our soul? Our soul is an actual part of God. We have a piece of God's essence inside of us. And therefore, we are like witnesses at a marriage that we could actually create something new. And we could actually draw down God's essence through learning Torah and through doing a mitzvah. We have that power to be God's witness to the entire world and and to actually create something, establish in this world, Hashem, the essence of Hashem. The purpose of marriage is to be fruitful and multiply. Peru Uruvu, those are the words of the verse. The couple draws down infinity when they create a baby so new. This is expressed in the fact that the witnesses establish and create. The goal of a Jewish marriage is to create souls so great. So it's a very interesting thing that the witnesses that are called upon for a marriage, the witnesses that are needed for a marriage, create something new. Because the couple that is getting married, the purpose of the marriage is to create something new. The purpose of the marriage is that they should they should um, have children and when they give birth, when they have children, each child that they bring onto this earth is actually bringing down in a very practical, real way that everyone could see, they're actually bringing down another soul. They're actually bringing God's essence, drawing down God's essence into this world with every child that is born. So, um, so the, so it goes hand in hand the witnesses create something new they create this marriage so that the married couple could create something new and draw down God's essence on into this world Since heaven and earth reveal the power of the infinite in creation what impact and innovation is drawn down by the Jewish nation who needs a Jewish nation? Who needs the Jewish people? You already have witnesses of heaven and earth. And and so why isn't that good enough? What's the chiddush? What's the great what's so great about the Jewish people being Hashem's witnesses? The accomplishment of a mitzvah observing Jew is to bring to light that there is nothing but Hakadesh baruchu. What the the the, the, the difference between the heaven and earth? And Jewish people is that heaven and earth, yes, they testify to God's infinity, but they themselves are part of nature. But the Jewish people, the Jewish people, when when we what what's our goal? What what do we do? What do we accomplish through doing a mitzvah? We are witnesses to the fact that not only is there a creator, but there is nothing other than Hashem. There is nothing other than Hashem. So even though you see multiplicity on this earth, you will look around in every room that you go, wherever you go, you see hundreds of thousands and millions of things all around you. But the truth is that all those things, every single object on this earth is just like a peel, a shell, wrapping paper. And if you were just to remove the peel, you would discover the essence of God giving life to every single thing. And our purpose on this earth is to to be witnesses and to show the entire world that no matter what you see, no matter how fancy the car, no matter how fancy the house, no matter how, 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 how beautiful the jewelry, our job is to uncover to uncover the peel and to show that every single thing that's here is actually here because God is making it exist, and its and its purpose is to serve God. So that's our responsibility to show the world that there is nothing other than God. Anything that you see, if you go down to its root, if you go down to its root, everything is, is only one thing, and that is Hashem Himself. We spoke about this um, we spoke about this um in the past but every single thing can be broken down into an atom many atoms right so if you break something down the lowest the, the smallest thing you can break it down into is an atom what's in an the atom there's protons there's neutrons and there's electrons and what are they doing they're all, they're all they're all spinning around in the atom very very quickly what is causing what is causing them to spin that is god that is the life force of the of the of the object and as a matter of fact the amount of protons neutrons and electrons i don't remember all the, the science behind it but it represents god's name of hey vav hey ten five six and five um, so those numbers and those combinations are literally found inside the spinning of the, the inside the way the protons, neutrons and electrons are spinning around in the atom. So every single thing, if you get down to the root of it, you will discover, you would see godliness, you would see God's infinity. And that and, and that's our role as witnesses of Hashem to prove to the world that there is nothing other than Hashem. Okay, now we're, we're gonna, um, um, now we're gonna move on to another part of this teaching. There's a verse that says, okay, here we go. The earth feared and became calm. The verse does say, our sages explain it in a remarkable way. The world was fearful for its existence in the beginning. It calmed down and became settled after the Torah's giving. Okay, so basically what our sages explain is that Hashem created the world and, the, and 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 everything in the world is all physical and material. and the the physical the physicality of the world was afraid. It was afraid it wasn't secure. It was like shaking in its boots. and then only once we had the giving of the Torah, then the physical world was able to calm down and to relax. As a matter of fact, it says that when that when um, God gave the torah to the Jewish people, The world was calm, the world was quiet, not even a bird chirped. Everything was able to be calm and settled after the giving of the Torah. The world is physical and material. So how could it be that the world was more fragile before the giving of the Torah, which weakened physicality and gave us the ability to make the physical world holy? So one second, what's going on here? Before the giving of the Torah, the physical should have been strong, should have been stronger. Uh, and why, why, was it all, why was it all shaky and bent out of shape? The Torah wasn't given yet. And God just created the physical. The physical should have been sh- sh- strong because once God gave the Torah, then you would think that the physical got weak. Because now, after the giving of the Torah, we can actually take the physical and elevate it and make it spiritual, which wasn't possible before the giving of the Torah. So we would think that before the giving of the Torah, God was so much more hidden and the physical should have had the upper hand. We think the physical had the upper hand before the giving of the Torah. But yet we find the opposite, that the physical was 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 not strong. The physical was not strong. The physical was fragile and only and, and, and was shaking. And only once the giving of the Torah happens, then the physical is able to calm down. So what is going on here? Because once the giving of, once Hashem gave the Jewish people the Torah, at that point, we would think that the physical got weaker, because at that point, we could start elevating it, and utilizing it for godliness, and then we start revealing God, and then the physical is not so physical anymore. So why is it that before the giving of the Torah, the, the, the physical world was so fragile? For Hashem, there is no separation between intention and action. Since Torah and Yiddin are the ultimate purpose of creation, they are the world's true existence. Matan Torah was necessary to calm the shaky physical substance. Okay, so from God's perspective, when God when God has a, a, when God in, um, has an intention. There is no separation between the intention and the action, which means God created the world. What's the purpose? The purpose was for two things. The purpose of creation was for Torah and for the Jewish people. So as soon as that was Hashem's intention, it's as if it automatically happened already. It's as if it already it already occurred. Because the intention, Hashem's intention, that is the true existence. The true existence of the world, the true existence of the world wasn't the physical. because the physical was only for the Torah and the Jewish people. So so until the Torah and the Jewish people came around, the physical was shaking because the physical was not the ultimate purpose. So so um, mat and Torah, the giving of the Torah was necessary to calm the shaky physical substance because up until the giving of the Torah, the physical was not calm. The physical was not settled. The physical was very fragile because the physical is not the main purpose of creation and until the main purpose of creation was fulfilled the physical was very very weak so for Hashem there was no for Hashem there's no difference as soon as Hashem wants something then it automatically then it automatically says, it's done but for the for the physical for the physical the physical on its own from the from the physical perspective Um, it was very, very fragile and weak because the giving of the Torah hadn't happened yet. The physical is like shiny wrapping paper with a bow, but the gift inside is the purpose and intention we need to know. The physical alone is flimsy. We need Torah and mitzvahs to keep it steady. Okay, very simple. If If you have a debit card, but you have no money in the bank, then it's not going to help you. So the 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 main thing is is what's be, what is the main thing is, is is what's behind it. That's the main thing. If you have a, a, a if you have wrapping paper, the wrapping paper is very very flimsy. If you don't have something inside to keep it to, to give it a to give it its shape, so the physical of this world is just like empty wrapping paper. And what's what, what we have to realize. What's the primary? What's the most important? And and it's tricky because in this world, everything that we see with our physical eyes, that is the wrapping paper. That's the wrapping paper. And and we have to realize that that is just the facade. We have to realize that inside is the real true gift. Don't get get fooled. Don't get fooled by by, by by the outside. Realize that the main thing, the main thing is the inside. So when Hashem created the world, why did Hashem create the world? What was the purpose? The purpose was for the Torah and for the Jewish people. That's the gift. That's the main thing. And everything else, all the other millions and billions of things that we see all around us, that is just the wrapping paper. That is that 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 that, that we have to unwrap to reveal and to 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 reveal God's oneness and to reveal and to see the truth don't stop at the wrapping paper peel it away look deeper uh, look inside it would be so silly to just look at the wrapping paper and think that that's the that that that's the whole gift um so the tyramidus is the gift and the physical is just the wrapping paper the shiny wrapping paper Torah and mitzvahs are the intention, the purpose and priority. They are the true reality. Between a mitzvah and something mundane, you can't compare. The mitzvah takes the limelight, it is clear. So if a person has an opportunity to do a mitzvah, to help somebody, to go visit someone, or they have an opportunity, at the same time, they have an opportunity to go to the movies. So for example, or to read a book. So which one should they do? So if you know, if you realize that the purpose of the world is for Torah and for for the Jewish people, then it's a no brainer. Of course, I'm gonna go and, and help someone in need. Because that is that becomes the that is the priority. Because that is the true reality, and everything else, everything else is just a distraction. We also find in the laws of the Torah that intention is what does matter. If on Shabbos one transports food from one domain to another. If the food is less than the amount that one, that one is prohibited to carry, he is exempt even if the vessel is larger as the container is secondary. Okay, so we know that on Shabbos, one of the laws of Shabbos is that they're not permitted to carry from one domain to another unless there's something called an A-Roof. But if there's no A-roof, we're not supposed to we're not supposed to carry from one domain to another. However, if a person is carrying from one domain to another, a very, very small amount of food, then they didn't do a transgression. Um, their intent, their intention, their purpose, their goal is to bring the food from one place to another. But they can, for some reason, they can't hold it in their hand. Maybe it's slimy, maybe it's slippery, maybe it's mushy. So they have to put it into some kind of container Now, if the container is is bigger, the container is bigger than the food, and maybe perhaps the container is already a size that you're not allowed to carry from one domain to another. But if your intention, if the purpose, if the goal was to carry the the food and not to carry the container, then the person did not do a transgression. So from here is a proof in halakha From here that we see that what's the main thing that in every in every situation there's the primary and the secondary. There's the purpose, the priority, the reality, and then there's the physical or the secondary. So so in, 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 so and and we have to absolutely give the priority. We have to give the priority to to the purpose because that is the reality the true reality so in the case of the food in the case of the food since the food the the small amount of food that was the purpose that was the priority that was the main thing therefore the person is the person is judged based on their intent based on what they wanted to bring to the other domain and it was a very very small amount then the vessel that they carried it in that doesn't play a role because that wasn't their intention that wasn't their purpose that wasn't their goal now we're going to bring another example basically basically what we're what we're proving and what we're saying is is that in this world there are two there are two things there is the purpose which is the priority and then there is the wrapping paper the peel which is secondary the only problem is, is that the wrapper and the peel, that is what we see on the surface. So we think that that is the reality. We think that that's the most important thing. But the truth is, is that the, that the reality, the reality and the purpose is hidden inside. It's not on the surface. So we get distracted, it's so easy to get distracted because, because what we see with our eyes before we uncover the, 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 the wrapping paper, what well, is very glitzy and glittery and and it, we think that this is it we think that this is the priority but the truth is is that the priority and the purpose and the goal that is hidden beneath the surface and that is the true reality So we think that the true reality is what we see with our eyes with our physical eyes but the true reality is what we see with our soul's eyes and what we see with the physical eyes is not is not the true reality it's just a cover up it's a cover up and our job is to be witnesses and to tell the world hey guys this is not the real deal this is fake peel it away this is not the purpose that's our job another example is the law that if a sacrifice one does bring The leftovers, which we are commanded to burn the next morning, are not burned if the next day is a festival, because doing so would satisfy only the mitzvah need for the temple. Okay, so in temple times, if a person bore a sacrifice, for example, the Passover sacrifice, the rule is that you have to eat the whole thing, the part that was, part of it is burnt for God, and part of it is consumed by the person who brought the sacrifice the rule is you have to eat it all that night if there's any leftovers you weren't able to eat the whole thing you were too full then it's holy so it cannot be eaten the next day and the mitzvah is that it has to be burnt what happens if if, if that day is a festival you're not allowed to just make a fire and therefore you have to wait till after the holiday to burn the leftovers of the
1: sacrifice.
0: But a person, could, a person could think to themselves, on the holiday, I am permitted to cook. So if I'm cooking anyway, if I'm lighting a fire to cook anyway from pre existing flame, maybe I have a very small pre existing flame. And I, and and I and from a pre-existing flame I'm gonna I'm gonna cook. So why can't I just burn the leftovers of the sacrifice on the festival? And the answer is as follows: Because to burn the leftover of the sacrifice is a mitzvah. To cook on yantif, cooking is permitted, but cooking is a mundane act. So if I if i have those two things if i look at those two things at the same time one the a mitzvah obligation to burn the leftover sacrifice or something mundane as to cook what is going to what is going to come to the forefront what is the most important what's going to what, what what's going to what's going to take the cake that is going to be the mitzvah opportunity so the, what is so the the, the lighting, the fire to cook becomes nullified in the presence of an actual mitzvah. So therefore, therefore I cannot burn the leftover of the sacrifice on the holiday because no one's gonna know that I'm burning, that, 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 that the reason why the fire is going is because I'm cooking, because the cooking is completely irrelevant and secondary compared to the mitzvah. So here we see, here's another example where we see if there's when faced with a mitzvah or something mundane, the thing that's mundane completely falls away and only the mitzvah remains. So therefore, the excuse of the cooking is not gonna be, is not gonna hold any strength because it's just a mundane act and it's not gonna hold any strength compared to or next to the mitzvah obligation uh, to, to burn the sacrifice, which which I'm not allowed to do on my own because on the holiday, the only thing that you're allowed to do is start a fire to cook for, in order to be able to be permitted, in order to, to eat something. And here there's no benefit of eating, the Passover sacrifice' which has to be burnt, which cannot be eaten, so therefore we have to wait until after the holiday to burn the leftover of the sacrifice. We cannot use the excuse that I'm allowed to cook anyway because the cooking is completely secondary it would um, um, when when seen together with the the mitzvah of burning the leftover of the sacrifice. I know it's a little bit high and aloof, so um if anyone has any questions, go feel free to to um, to ask. Okay. Why can't it be burned on a holiday if cooking is permitted anyway? Because temple needs are a mitzvah, which makes them primary. They cancel out the human needs, which are secondary. This one more example. The same applies to impure teruma oil, that can't be used for fire. If to cook on yom tov, yom tov, you desire, because burning a leftover sacrifice or impure truma is a halacha. Personal cooking falls away in the face of the true reality of a mitzvah. So there's another example. There's something called there's um, teruma. A person has to give part of the, of of their of their produce to Hashem as a gift. So one of the things that, is, that one of the things that, that go into the category of produce is oil from olives. Now, if this produce, if this oil came in contact with a with with a with a dead corpse, then it becomes impure. And if it's impure, again, it cannot be used. It, it cannot be um, um, consumed. It has to be burnt. So here you have oil that has to be burnt. It's holy oil that has to be burnt are you allowed, are you permitted to use it to cook, use that oil for cooking on the holiday? And the answer is no. Even though you, you are permitted to cook, the answer is no, you cannot use this oil because burning the oil is a mitzvah and cooking is something mundane. So what, so, so, so if I'm going to put the two together, the cooking is going to be complete. The uh, the permission to cook is completely canceled out in face of the mitzvah to burn the oil. So therefore, just because I'm allowed to cook, I cannot possibly burn the oil of the tchuma, um on, on the holiday because it's a mitzvah. And that is the true reality. That is the purpose. The mitzvah is the purpose. And therefore, um, it cannot be it cannot be done on the holiday. Now we have the opposite question. Since the giving of the Torah was creation's intention, and for Hashem, there is no difference between intention and action, what caused the world to calm down at the Har Sinai mountain? Okay, now we're going to go ask the other way around. If... How when Hashem creates the world, the purpose is the Torah and the Yiddin, and that happens immediately because there's no separation between Hashem's intention and the action, then who needs Mount and tira? Who needs the giving of the Taira? What did it accomplish? What, how did that help the world calm down? So from Hashem's perspective, there's no difference between, between the potential, between the purpose and the action, between the intention and the action. But from our perspective, potentiality lacks actuality. We don't sense that godliness is the world's only reality. The purpose is that the world itself should see how its entire existence is Torah and Israel only. So the reason why we need Torah is not for God's sake. It was for our sake. Because for us, Hashem's intention that the world is, that that the reality of the world, that the world was created for Yidin and for the Torah, that is something that, that that we don't automatically see. And therefore we needed the giving of the Torah. We needed the giving of the Torah to show the world, to show the world that the purpose of creation is the yiddin and is the Torah. That's what the whole entire world saw when the Jewish people were chosen and given the Torah. At the giving of the Torah specifically is when the world became calm finally. Until then, the world's connection to Torah and Yisrael was hidden. To reveal the reality of the world, at Matan Torah, the power was given. So the reason why until the beginning of the Torah, the whole world, the physicality of the world was so weak is because it was like wrapping paper with nothing inside. Because the the creation, everything that we see with our physical eyes, that is not the main purpose. That is not the true reality of the world. And until that we had the true reality, the physical wasn't the, the, the physical was 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 shaky, was shaky because that wasn't the real intention of creation and therefore it was just flimsy and shaky because it was completely secondary. From the perspective of Hashem, his essence already has a home in the lowest realm. In order for Hashem's home to be actualized from our perspective too, to strengthen the world through Torah and mitzvahs is what we do. So again, Hashem wants to have a home down here, great. Just the fact that he wants it, he can have it. He can have whatever he wants. But that's from his perspective. But Hashem wants that from our perspective, we should create a home for God. We should recognize God in this physical world. And how do we do this is through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs because that is how we bring, that is how we bring God's essence in a revealed way down here.
1: Even after this, now after the third page, I wanted to just stop for a second and give
0: and give a few examples of how we see how we see how Jewish people through you know through learning Torah through doing mitzvahs, we're actually being a witness. We're actually being a witness. And, and, and we're actually drawing down, we're actually drawing down God's essence onto this earth. So a few so um, I'll just throw a few examples. and if anyone wants to chime in and and, and, um, and share examples, think of examples of how when we are faithful, and we are faithful to Hashem, to Taira, to mitzvahs, and to do what we need to do, how we are really a witness to God's to God's essence. So you know, quite a few examples um, um, quite a few examples come to mind. Um, I remember. Um, when we had um when we were when we were um when we were fighting the township for permission to have chabar of toms river here um so so what happened was we had a hearing and then we were denied and then there was a second hearing scheduled and we didn't know what to do. Every hearing cost us like ten thousand dollars. We have to pay for our lawyers, for their lawyers, for the public school, for the police, for um, you know, lots of different things. And we were just one week before this hearing. We had no clarity. We didn't know what to do. And um, then I gave birth to my son Shmuel Isaac five and a half weeks early. And we just mentioned to the lawyer that we had the baby, and the lawyer said there is nothing that could have moved that hearing besides for the birth of the baby. So if you had a baby and you could move the hearing, postpone the hearing for personal reasons. And the end is, the end is is that we never went for the second hearing and, and um, you know, we sued the township anti-Semitism. And then the end was, and the newspaper came out and it said that Tom's River broke the law and the Chabad could stay in house. That was the end of the story but what happened one tiny premature newborn baby was born a piece of god another of god's essence was literally drawn down onto this earth and then what resulted from that from the birth of one little baby from the birth of one little baby basically saved you know, saved their whole community, and 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 ended up ended up being the biggest kiddush Hashem. It was the greatest thing. Sancti- it was such a, a sanctification of God's name that in the newspaper, in the non-Jewish newspaper, it said that the that Tom's River, the township of Tom's River, broke the law, and the Chabad could stay in house. And how did that happen? That was just from the birth of one little Jewish soul. So here we really see. Really see really, Good. Yes. Yeah, so here we so here we just see one one little example. One little example of how um, how bringing literally bringing God's essence, drawing down God's essence onto this earth, how that's really um, how that really testifies to the oneness of God. And everybody was able to see everyone was able to see in a very clear way that what Hashem wants, that is the reality. And that is what's gonna hold strong. And that is what's gonna be. No matter what kind of opposition we have, there's a purpose to this world. And the purpose is two things, the Jewish people and Torah. And especially when you have the two together, nothing, nothing is going to stand up against that. This past Sunday, we had a a birthday celebration for our daughter Sprinza. Her name is Sprinza Bluma, and she is named for my great-grandmother Sprinza, my husband's great-grandmother Bluma. Sprinza was killed in Auschwitz, and Bluma was, um, um, she, she died of starvation in Leningrad. It was a siege, the Nazis made a siege around Leningrad. And, and many people died of, star, died of starvation at that time. So they were, both, um, they, they were both holy souls that were taken at the time of the Holocaust. And the Nazis, they, they look, it looked like they had the upper hand. It looked like they had the upper hand. But here in 2022, a little three-year-old girl standing up and lighting her own candle every Friday night. And you know what? Who's the winner? It wasn't them. It wasn't them, even though they, even though they, 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 they did whatever they could to wipe us out. But how, what? But the purpose of creation, that is what, that is what is going to, that is what's going to last, and that is the true reality. So it's, it's a, so at the time of the Holocaust, yes, there were millions of people that were killed in the most brutal way. But and 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 it it, it seemed like. It it seemed like there was it seemed like there was no hope and all hope was lost. But ultimately, ultimately, we won. We won. And even our 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 our, our ancestors and our, our our great babies and zadis who who perished when they went into the when they went into the gas chambers, they were they what were they having? They, they were saying Shmay Shah had Shmaisha on their lips, they were singing on imaming. Because there's only the true reality, the true reality is the Jewish people and the Torah. And everything else might seem more glittery, might seem more powerful. But the truth is, the truth is, if you just peel away the layer, just rip off the paper, you'll see that there's only one true reality, and that is Hashem and the Torah and the Yiddin and nothing else, nothing else has the true power it might look like they're powerful but they're here today they're gone tomorrow what's going to last forever is Hashem and the Torah and the Yidin okay even after the heaven and earth's testimony is given Hashem's essence remains completely hidden the completion of the verification will come about with Mashiach's revelation. So heaven and earth are very good witnesses. They're wonderful. The thing is, is that their full testimony is only going to happen when Mashiach comes. Only when Mashiach comes, everybody, really every single person will actually see that, um, will see God's oneness. And their testimony will only fully be accomplished once Mashiach comes. That is the opposite of what happens as a result of a Jew's testimony. Jews throw down Hashem's essence through their avodah immediately. When Mashiach comes, everyone will see what they had achieved entirely in Golos already. So what's the difference between the marriage witnesses and the witnesses that come to court to verify and to clarify? The difference is, is that the marriage witnesses they established something right now. It's not something that's going to ha- come about in a few weeks, months, or years. We are the witnesses, God's witnesses, the type of witnesses that, of, of, at a marriage. When we do a mitzvah, we are immediately accomplishing something now. We're bringing God's essence down here now, not something that's going to be in, 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 in years. It's something that's immediate. While the heaven and earth, their testimony is only going to fully um, be revealed in the coming of mashiach but us we're accomplishing this step right now true we may not see it in a revealed way but we are accomplishing everything now when mashiach comes we'll see what we already accomplished when we were in exile but it's it's so interesting the only you know when we do many we do many many mitzvahs and we bring down god's essence all the time Every mitzvah that we do but where do we see in a clear way um that we're bringing god's essence down to this earth that is just with the birth of a child we don't see what we accomplish we don't see what we accomplish when we put a, a penny in the in the in the charity box and stuck a box but when we when we but every jewish child every jewish child that's how we see god's essence in a revealed way um so it's it's so so special and and, and um, when and it's hard to send them away to school, to wherever they need to be, but when we send them away and, and w- with the knowledge that why are we sending them away? We're sending them to Israel, we're sending them to Philadelphia, we're sending them to Maristan, wherever they may be, we're sending them why to learn taira. And as long as they're as and and we don't have to be sad. We have to be happy because as soon as, as, as long as we're aligned, aligned with the purpose of the world, then we could be happy. I'm so happy. Yes, my children are away, but I'm so happy because what's being accomplished, the 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 purpose of the world. This is reality. The true Hashem's reality is that the children should sit and learn Torah. There's nothing better than that. And and therefore, since they're do, since they're they're furthering God's purpose. And we're very happy to send them away, even if it's far away that we're happy to send them where they could accomplish, accomplish uh, the, the purpose of creation, literally. Okay. In Avaida, there are levels three. So Avaidah means service. In, in Abida there are levels three. The first is when we serve Hashem rationally. The second is when to serve Hashem with self-sacrifice, we are ready. But we debate if the Shulchan Aruch says it's necessary. And just like we said before and earlier in the class, they said there are three levels. There's how God fills the world, God surrounds the world, and then God's essence. The same thing with service of, when we serve God, it's also, you have these three levels. The first level is when we serve, it makes sense not to kill, not to steal, use the logic in our brain. Then there's things that are, then there's a higher level. When we're ready for self-sacrifice, but we're but we're ready to for, for self-sacrifice, but it's a little. It's limited. It's limited. We we look into the court of Jewish law. Do we really have to do it? That is the second level of service. The highest form of avoda is when a Jew has a connection to Hashem's essence, without any limitation or calculation, in this world. Hashem's witnesses we become. We draw down the essence of the infinite One. So as we said before, witnesses are necessary not for something that everyone could see already. Witnesses are, are necessary for something that's hidden. For Hashem to, 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 to show the world God's essence. That's what, we, what Hashem means witnesses for. And when we are ready to serve God without any limitation, without any calculations, then we become God's witnesses to draw down God's essence into this world. The lesson for us is that when we go out to carry a mitzvah obligation, or to carry out a mitzvah obligation, we shouldn't worry about anything getting in the way. All of our obstacles will fall away. In our service of Hashem, we have a goal. Our service should be influenced by the essence of our soul so that we can sense palpably that Hashem is the only reality. So basically what, what, what this class is teaching us is that we should, we should not be satisfied with the surface, not in our service of God and not in anything. Whatever we, whatever we see, no, it's just the surface. Take off the peel, take off the layer, take off the wrapping paper and, and ask yourself, what is the purpose of this object on this earth? The purpose is to serve God. The purpose is for Torah. The purpose is for Hashem. The purpose is to help another Jewish person and use it for that purpose. That's number one. And to get in touch, get in touch with our essence, get in touch with our neshama and realize, realize that everything that we see is just false. It's just falsehood. And realize that what is truth? What is the truth? What is the true reality? It's either Torah or Torah. Jewish people. That's it. That's it. And when we're able to to understand that, to understand what the true reality is, then we can truly be God's witnesses to prove to the entire world that the only thing that matters and the only thing that will survive and the only thing that will thrive and the only thing that's true and the only thing that's worth investing in is Torah and the Jewish people. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone, for joining. I know it's a little bit um, intense, but we should have the strength to, to be God, God's witnesses, and we should know how lucky we are, how lucky we are that we have the truth and that, that, that we are can live for real and not just a fake fluff life, but that we could have, li- truly live a meaningful life. And we have the secret. We know the answer just ask yourself, just ask yourself, is what I'm doing, is it to help another Jew? Is it for God's sake? Is it for Torah? Then go for it and do it. And nothing, nothing is going to be able to get get in your way when you're doing a mitzvah, because you are God's messenger, you're God's witness, and God wants you to be successful, because that is why he created the world, for the purpose of Torah, and for the purpose of, of Jewish people. So, reach for the stars, reach for the stars and you will be successful because you are, you are doing, you are fulfilling the intention of creation. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. That was so, so, love so you. deep. Really, yeah. really
1: amazing. And I love the example of the gift wrap. I think it's like, it makes it so much more tangible when you use that example. It's really, yeah. it's a perfect, perfect way to like help me understand it. Yeah, because
0: the wrapping paper can be really glitzy and sparkly and shiny, and it could be very deceiving. But uh, um, but we have to we have to um, know that there's more. I, 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 um, it's just it's right. Yeah, it's a, uh, on the exactly, because exactly. She had her birthday party, and a few people gave her Gifts, gifts and she's walking around with this bag. Uh, you know, really pretty bag that says "Happy Birthday" and it's a very, very pretty wrapping paper. She didn't realize that there was something that there was something else. You know, it was, it, but that was enough <laughs> yeah. for her. Tell, tell her all her siblings. We're able to tell her the truth. Open yeah. it up. There's something there. Um, so yeah, true. we also we, sometimes we're walking around like three, a three-year-old kid that just got a birthday gift and we don't realize. The, the, what, we're actually, what we're actually holding that there's something dear that's, that's, that's so much fun and, 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 and um, um, yes, yeah, so now that we learned this we could go out there full force and, and make Hashem proud Amen Okay Very good
1: Okay, Khani thank you so much it was really amazing I really
0: Thank you so it. much Amen. Okay, Baruch Hashem are take care. Have a wonderful have week. Recorded? Are you going to have it recorded? Yes, I it. Good. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to. will share that. Uh, okay. Take care.
1: Thank you, Sunny. You too. Thank
0: You're you. welcome. All the best.